to the podcast, I want to talk to you guys about Minority Outdoor Alliance. Uh, we have our inaugural event coming in October, uh, October 16th, and we are looking for a handful of volunteers who can come out to Silicon, Alabama on that day um, at Orvis Purcell Farms um, to kind of help out and, and, and keep things running efficiently. Um, if you are interested in volunteering with Minority Outdoor Alliance, uh, reach out to me at Darrell Smith at MinorityOutdoorAlliance.org. Um, if you can offer your time and energy that day, in addition to volunteers, if you can't volunteer, of course, we would love donations. We're, we need more donations, um, again, for the event to keep things going and manage operational costs and things like that. And we are looking for additional large donors and sponsors um, to sponsor the the actual events during the day as well. Um, so check out MinorityOutdoorAlliance.org to find out more information about our nonprofit and to donate. Uh, check out the Minority Outdoor Alliance Instagram and Facebook pages for more information and details as about the event as we get closer. And one more thing. So before we get into the episode, I just want to give you guys an update that the American Field Field Trial Hall of Fame nomination voting is to be announced soon and i want to give my support for bud moore to be nominated to the hall of fame so if you guys want to learn more about bud moore you can look back law you can backlog my episodes um way back to episode 42 entitled bud moore living legend and i also recorded him Farrell miller and harold ray at the world-class hunting expo on episode 81 so i'm sending my sending my written piece in to support bud tonight as a matter of fact, so you guys will see that on my social media channels, Bud's page, and so on and so forth. Keep your fingers crossed we can get Bud in the Hall of Fame. The Gundog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from your phone's app store today and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. And if you want to get the most of your dog in your training sessions, you need nutrition that holds nothing back. Yukonuba's new premium performance line is built with the nutrients that dogs need to help unleash their maximum potential. That starts with providing energy that matches their efforts, supporting optimal nutrient delivery, and supporting post-exercise recovery. Check out the new Yukonuba premium performance lineup and find your dog's fuel at yukonubasportingdog.com. Um, and of course I gotta give a shout out to AYA so this is my thing in, in light of AYA I'm working on an idea to discuss why us quail men down here in the south like to shoot 410s and we are gonna do that in partnership with Joe Pincala of Project Upland's new uh, The Gun Room Podcast so also if y'all aren't subscribers to that one go go subscribe to that but i really want to sit down with joe and, and have a, a funny conversation about why we do some of the quirky things we do down here um 
and of course the subject will be AYA because why would you not why would why wouldn't you shoot quail with anything else other than a 410 and a Spanish side by side. All right, so check out AYA at AYAfineguns.com. And I guess since we are in the subject of the gun room and, and the gun dog notebook podcast, go to projectupland.com and make sure that you guys subscribe um, to all of the magazines, all of the podcasts. They've got a whole library and, and of media and podcasts and things of different subjects and, and natures. A lot of you guys are familiar with the podcast, but make sure you subscribe to Hunt and Dog Confidential Magazine and the Project Upland Magazine as well, guys. All right. I want to say thanks to my next, next, next sponsor, um, Biomatrix Supplements. Biomatrix specializes in all natural products created to maximize the health and performance of your animals. Started by veterinarians, Biomatrix products are made with only scientifically proven ingredients. You can check them out at biomatrix-supplements.com. Use my promo code GUNDOG10. Get yourself 10% off at checkout, guys. I also want to just do a quick thank you and shout out to my affiliates, Dakota283. Make sure you use my promo code TGDN10. Get 20% off your order at checkout. And also for Garmin, thank you, Garmin, for everything that you've done and the technology that you guys are providing in the field. Um, along with Cable Gangs, Mr. Brennan Landry, I want to thank you as well, along with your son, um, Project Upland and the Northwoods Collective. We got a film coming out, and I want to say a special thank you to everybody that had something to do with that film. Um, so check that out very, very soon. You can look on my Instagram for a little bit of a a, a real teaser, um, one of them Instagram reels. So also in light of, uh, I guess, the, the topic of the uh, the Project Upland film that we have coming up, well, I have I have obviously really been diving into um, more and more research, you know, on you know our history and cultures and, and traditions and stuff like that down here in the south. Well, um, I had this idea, and I and I kind of wanted to be like a little bit of an offshoot to the Gun Dog Notebook, and it's the Gun Dog Notebook, what I call the Gun Dog Notebook Red, right? Um, it's in this parentheses stuff like that, but the Gun Dog Notebook research and education is is what I'm talking about, and I wanted to, I guess, kind of give that space more attention. You know what I'm saying? Like give give that kind of work that I've been doing more attention. So what I uh, would like to do is direct more energy into more structured research and development posts outside of like my Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I want to do it to where it's it, it's really like a library of information, you know, kind of like something you can reference, you know, and, and somewhere for you to go. Well, um, I say that to say in order to do that, it would be dope if you guys donated to the cause. Um, it just literally helps buy literary content and books. I've had a couple of people, um, you know, buy me a couple of books here and there for it. And you can do that. Um, in a, in a very specific place, I started this, um, new platform. I didn't start the platform, but I got on this new platform. Um, and you can check it out, look at more 
training specific material, historical content um, that I'm putting out. It is at uh, www.buymeacoffee.com backslash TGDN. So check that out if you think it's pretty dope. You know, you can shoot me a couple of bucks for it. Um, it's really up to you. And there's a couple of other little cool things that I can do, um, commission-based work, um, you know, as far as my visual arts and things like that. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to prefer, pref, preface. <laughs> I want to preface this episode um, with Simon Perkins the president of Orvis um, by really just acknowledging how supportive the Orvis company um, has been over, honestly, with the work that I'm doing and, you know, doing this last catalog project um, and really working and collaborating with them and, and sharing that experience. And you guys will see it, um, you know, soon in the fall, but, it's a, it's a special thing when you have the support of a company like Orvis um, to really pursue visually, you know, something that, 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 you know, I literally dream about every day, you know, I, and, and to represent it. And like a lot of the subjects that we're talking about in here, it really goes back to representation and for me to be able to do that and open up that opportunity, even for my folks down in Thomasville, like, that's a dope thing to, 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 to have accomplished. And I wouldn't be able to do that without the support of good folks like y'all selves and, you know, super dope organizations like the Orvis company. Um, and we just had a lot of laughs, man. Like we've had a whole lot of laughs. So I just want to acknowledge that and, and say that the, the good times do continue on this episode with Simon Perkins, super cool dude, man. And, you know, someone who, you know, I, I really admire his vision and, and the work that he's doing, you know, both entrepreneurially and creatively. And you, and you kind of get a, a piece of that in this episode. So anyway, this is the episode with Simon Perkins, um, president of the Orvis company and uh, I guess I'll open up with a little bit of the conversation that gave life to this conversation. We were, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you guys in um, to the table at Purcell Farms where this where this idea was birthed. <laughs> I push miracle whips. All right. Mayonnaise, color bins. And we're voting. Kanye. Mayonnaise, color bins. Kanye or Jay-Z. Kanye. Okay, okay. What's the category? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. You're right. You're right. Who's the creative genius? Who is the overall better rapper? Oh, well, okay. Kanye. Take it away. Kanye. 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 Put your hand down if it's Jay Z. Put your hand down if oh, it's Jay Z. If if it's Jay Z. No no no. Put your hand up if you're Kanye. I'm Kanye. I'm Kanye. Uh, Kanye. Kanye. What? Have you heard Good Friday? Yes. You heard it. But there's so many. Have you heard? What? And this, folks, is where we begin the podcast with Simon Perkins. This at Orvis Purcell Farms on the catalog shoot. Um, you know, for the fall is where myself, my wife, Ashley, Eric Taub, William Hereford, 
and uh, Kara Gavin, uh, this is where we had this conversation. And of course, the idea was pitched that we need to talk to another fan of, of, of Jay-Z and another wing shooter and pointing dog, uh, avid, avid pointing dog owner, you know, fisherman, uh, Montana resident, uh, Vermont resident, hunting guide, and third generation leadership of the Orvis company, Simon Perkins. All right. This is going to be good, man. <laughs> I think so. Well, let, let's get to rocking and rolling, man. So, you know, I ha- I'm going to start with I'm going to I'm going to start with two things. Um, your grandfather and Jay-Z. Let's just put that one on the table because I've, that I don't, I've never I don't think I've ever been a part of a of of a conversation where those are the two topics we're covering. But I'm ready, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, 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 I love I love both I love both those topics. So so let's go. <laughs> All right, well let's 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 rock and roll. So um and the reason that I think, you know, your grandfather Lee Perkins, he, you know, may rest in peace. Um he would to even to me like there are certain figures in this community that like you know, ever since ever since really kind of getting to know you guys at Orvis and everything, just obviously I'm going to come across his story. And I came across his book in, in Purcell Farms and I still need to read it. But it everything that I would read on the Orvis website and in conversation with Reed and then in this book right here, Georgia, Florida Field Trial uh, Club. Y'all had some dogs in 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 that uh <laughs> in that field trial down there. Yeah. And I just happened to come across one of his dogs in the story. I think you guys won. I'm gonna see if I I think I marked it in the book, but I want to talk about Mr. Lee Perkins first, man. Which like, uh, which 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 dog was it? Are you gonna we gonna get to that? We can we can while you go ahead and tell the, your grandfather's story and 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 I got it. I will uh I can find it in a second because I think well, I marked it. The 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 reason why I ask is because I'll get to it, but like, I mean, growing up, we knew, we, I mean, you knew every dog's name because you, you, because the relationship with the dog was truly, truly special, but I'll, 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 I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I, I did mark it though. So I have the dog for you. Okay. Awesome. Um, it was a red, it was a red setter named Eunice. Eunice. I got so many stories on Eunice. Um, for you, Eunice, okay. Eunice, what Eunice was an amazing dog. Anyway, we can talk about Eunice, but you want you want, should I, should I start with my grandfather? Yeah, let's open up. Let's open up with him and, and, uh, we go get to Eunice and funny enough, that's my aunt's name. Wow. Okay. Really? Cool. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's fun. <laughs> um, so if I were to tell you about my grandfather, um, I guess first I'd say, he he was insanely passionate about fishing and birding. I mean, he he lived for this stuff. I mean, in in his nineties, in his nineties, he he'd, he'd record every day. He'd go out, and there was one time when we published something on the Orvis blog, and we said that he hunted, he hunted two hunt, he hunted over two hundred, he hunted and fished over two hundred days that year, and I got a uh, a text from him via his 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 wife like 
within a couple of days saying, actually, it's it's over 250 days a year. So I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. I, we we want to make sure we got that right. But he was, he just, um, I mean, this love, this passion literally was what kind of fueled him into his 90s. And I mean, if I'm doing that, I'm doing that at age 57. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty proud of myself, but he, he, he was so passionate about those activities. He loved sharing in those moments with others. He loved the journey. He loved staying curious. You know, he was, he was always, you could just see um, how much he lived for what others who were passionate could teach him, what the natural world could teach him, what a, what a great, bird dog could teach him. I mean, he just, that, that, that's what, that's what fueled him. Um, he loved great product and the problems they solved or the opportunities they created. He, he was very, very, very passionate about conservation and protecting these natural resources because they're at the center of, of, of our happiness. I mean, quite, quite literally. And, and so he wanted that to be around in the future, both, both for himself and all of us and the next generations. And, um, and I guess bringing it full circle, like he, he loved dogs. He, he, he loved dogs and, and I had no choice, but to turn out the way I was because I was conditioned by my father who was conditioned by him. But it's like, I mean, it's his, his relationships with, with dogs. It was incredible. And it's, um, it's where I learned how much fun it is to build one, build one's world around them. Right. Um, his, his house was always full of dogs. Like it was, I mean, down in the Southeast, this was back. I mean, I'm, I'm 38 years old. So, so I can only speak, speak genuinely going back 38 years, but 38 years ago in the South, in the Southeast, walking into someone who was super passionate about walking into someone's house who was super passionate about bird dogs and walking in and having 10 dogs there that you're, curling up on the floor with or on the couch. I mean, it was, he did things. I mean, his, his whole world was built around these things and how they always made life better, whether they were curled up at your feet or on your lap or what, or them just getting after it hard in the field and the experiences that were only, that were only possible because of, because of these dogs. Right. Um, and he would, I mean, he, his world revolved around, he would drive, all over the place so that they could be a part of his adventures. And he, what, what I think I really, really appreciate is, is, you know, in the world of, of upland hunting and the world of, of, of hunting dogs, there are so many different, so many different worldviews, right? There's so many different approaches. There's so many different strong beliefs and the strong beliefs come from people just dedicate their lives to these things, but, but they're, they're very different depending on where you are in in the country, um, regionally, culturally. And what was really cool was, you know, I think he was lucky enough to be able to experience so many of them. And I watched him sort of borrow what he thought was the best of each one of those and kind of meld them into what he believed was like the ideal relationship with a dog. And it was, it was, it was, it was, and again, I didn't, you know, I was kind of being brainwashed from a young age. I didn't, I wasn't smart enough or I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have the perspective back then to know what I was seeing, but I felt it right. And it really influenced who I was now that I'm a tiny bit smarter than I was when I was a little kid. Like I, I can, I, I kind of try I now can understand the why, but it was, it, it's, it's something that really had a huge impact on, on me and, and many others in my family, this, this relationship with dogs. 
when you say you can understand the why, let's let's get into that a little bit. What do you mean the why? Yeah, good question. And I'm probably going to fumble trying to put it into <laughs> words, but um, uh, just just for me, it was watching what this dog could do for you. Dogs were not dogs were not tools. Dogs were dogs were very much a member of the family who, like all other members of the family, had real specific value and could help you live a more fulfilled life if you if you allowed it to. You know, just like just like my brother, like if I, I could I could be a stubborn punk of an older brother and and not allow him to teach me anything, or I could like actually stop and listen to him, allow him to teach me a, a ton. That's that's kind of like how how he viewed the dog. These were like special members of the family that could teach you so much and could allow, could create these experiences for you. I mean, we all loved being outside. That dog could create, that dog could like, could, could love you and sleep next to you, you know, in, in the most, in the most special ways. And then out in the field in the outdoors and the places that were so, so sacred to us, it could allow you to have an intimate relationship with the outdoors on a level that you could never, I mean, never even come close to on your own, right? And so this, this idea that this member of the family is a really, really special member of the family who can teach you a lot, who, mm-hmm. who you can love, who you can get frustrated with. I mean, it was just, that's what they were. They were members of the family. The only difference was you just, you just, you had to, you kind of, had to, I mean, they ended up learning how to speak our language. I mean, my dog, my dog, it seems like my dog knows exactly, my dogs know exactly what I'm saying, but it's just, yeah, it's just the biggest difference is they got four legs and a tail, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I say that kind of joking, but kind of not. And I don't, you know, I kind of offend people when I say this, but like, I got a three and a six-year-old and like part of how I, I raise them as kids comes from like what I've learned from from training dogs, like simple, clear communication, positive reinforcement, like all those things, you know, my wife and I, Ashley, you'll, you'll, you guys will meet too. Um, we literally talk about that all the time as far as, you know, raising, uh, uh, children. And for me, um, getting into fatherhood, you know, and it's so funny cause she was like, why don't you talk to Simon on there about, about fatherhood? And I was like, huh, I wonder if that, like, it's so, it's so interesting that that would come up, but you know, she said that, you know, me even learning how to handle my own dogs and, and the commitment and, and, and the dedication that goes into it, the routine, the approach, all of these things, she was like, that's made you a better father to, you know, to your own kids. Totally. And, 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 you know, and I was forced to do that early on in my experience, um, training dogs, which really came from, you know, when I started, I, I guided out in Montana and out in Montana, what's cool about Montana is, um, you know, the, the outfitter I worked for pro outfitters, um, we, we lease 200,000 acres in central Montana and it's all about wild birds. It's only wild birds. And so you need a dog that can cover ground and you need a dog that can improvise and be creative. You, you need the dog to own part of the hunt. Now you need to like be able to communicate. You need to be on the same team but, but if you're, if you're out there treating this dog, like a robot, you're not going to be as successful. And so coming back to what we were talking about, what I needed to learn really, really quickly. um, If I wanted to be successful as a guide and my dogs made me look like a much better guide than I was, was okay. 
how can I set this dog up to be successful and to truly challenge me in the ways that I need to? And this dog needs to be able to read me and respect me. And I need to be able to read and respect the dog. And Montana was an awesome place to learn that because if I tried to get too much in the way of that, if I tried to be too much of a hero and insert myself too much into the middle of that, I wasn't going to be successful. And that was, that was pretty obvious. So it was, it was an awesome, awesome place to learn that. Wow. Montana is on my like, it's very high on my like to go list. Um, just for that, and, and I got this new dog here. Um, his name is Jughead, and he is he's got some wheels on him, and I want to take him up there. Um, you know, to to just see what he's gonna look like. I'm gonna run him all age, you know, and see if he can if he can hack it, man. Um, but you know, that's interesting to me that you would have that. So like you know, when we're talking about like all the components of your dog and, and the why and all of that stuff, well, you're watching your grandfather pull all of these pieces together. And then I look, and, and it's so interesting you say that now because I look back over like the span of the dogs that you guys have had or yeah. that, that he had. And, and there were a number of pointers and a number of setters. And it seems like y'all are pretty dead set setter people though. <laughs> it he, seems he, like. He, uh, he, he, lo he loves, he loves his setters. Now he loves his pointers. He loves his, yeah. he loves, you know, he loves Britney's. He, he loves them all, but he, there's a special place in his heart for setters. I actually grew up, my dad was allergic to setters. Um, I mean, he really? could get by, but had a little bit of an analogy that he, he was, he had English pointers. I mean, I, we had English pointers in the labs, in the, in the house, English pointers in labs in the house when I was growing up. Um, yeah. And uh, just an awesome dogs. But um, when it came time for me to, to, to make my first choice on a dog, it was, you know, I, like I said, I think I'd been brainwashed at an early age and, and the, yeah. those, the setters are just, I mean, they're all incredible dogs, but yeah, my, my, uh, the, my, my heart was, heart was with the setters. Okay. Now I, I, right. I, say, I say that, I say that, but when I was guiding, like when I started out guiding, yeah. I had, were you running setters in? So when I started, so out in Montana, I mean, you're covering a lot of ground. So minimum, you, you can probably get by with four dogs, but you really need more to do it right because dogs are going to get foot sore or whatever, and you're you're covering ground. Um, right. So when I started out, I I had one dog, I had one dog, and she was, I mean, she was young. It was because I had just graduated from school and I moved out there, and that was my graduation present from my aunt and uncle was was my and the first for the first bird dog that was that was truly mine. And I I say bird dog, but it's weird to call. It, this was Copa. It's weird to call Copa a bird dog because she's a fan. She's a dog. She's a family member. And she's so much more than that, but she absolutely was, was just a rock star bird dog, but I had wide one dog. Hey dude, like it, it, you, you captured that very well. <laughs> oh, cool. well I'm, I'm glad it came through just out of just trying to honor her. But so I had, I had Copa, but then the other thing that was cool is our season started in September. So, um, so that, that was kind of before, most of the other seasons around the country. So what I did was I, I talked my grandfather into lending into letting me borrow a couple, couple dogs early on, talked my dad into letting me borrow a couple dogs. So, so I had, I had a setter from my grandfather. I had an English pointer and a lab from my dad. I talked to my uncle into letting me have his, cause they were at back East then. And so I was like, Hey, let me take him for a couple months. Let me, I'll get them. I'll get them, you know, in shape. I'll get them primed and they'll be already in good, good to go for you when it's like prime hunting season. And I talked them into that and they were very generous with it, but it was fun having 
a really diverse group that like, you know, when you're green, you want to show up, you want to do it right. And, and, and my, I, I was completely in their hands and it was, it was, it was really, really fun. And, and Copa learned from all of them, which was pretty cool. Now, were you guys, as far as Copa um, and, and her pedigree, and then your grandfather's dogs and your father's dogs, um, did you have, did you guys have any preferences on like certain pedigrees of, of or lines of, of either pointers or setters or, or anything? Was that a thing for you guys? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's always a thing in the way that, um, you know, if you, if you just, you, you can't help but respect what these dogs innately have inside of them. Right. Um, uh, their instincts are just, are amazing. And so when that's the case, it's, it's, it's easy to, to get fascinated with it and want to learn about it and be intentional about it right now. Now you're, again, you're going to get tons of different points of views and probably everybody's right. So it's, I don't, but, but it's impossible not to like really get into it. Now I went the route of the guys I was guiding with, they used at that time, they used uh kennel out of great falls and I loved all their dogs. And so I went that route. Now what was funny enough was um, my grandfather who he used to, he, the outfitter I worked for, it really started, they started their bird hunting operation when he went out, met the guy who owned it for the guy that I worked for. And they just drive around and they would knock on people's doors. And it's my grandfather got him into setters. And then, right. you know, one thing led to another. So there are a lot of dogs in, there were a lot of dogs in my grandfather's world, my world that came out of this, came out of this kennel in, 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 in Great Falls. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So in, in light of that, um, let's, let's get into Eunice, man. Like I, uh, I, I, it's, it's just cool to me to see stories like that pop up and I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of give reference to it. I did mark it thankfully, cause I'm just that kind of person, but, um, in it, oops, there we go. Um, it says there were, this was at the, sorry. This was the 2006 field trial. It was Southern Heritage Plantation, February 20th, my birthday, 2006. I was 16 years old. <laughs> and, yeah. All right, so that was it. And basically it says there were no setters until the 11th brace when Lee Perkins' red setter Eunice appeared, inspired no doubt by the 2002 Winter Southern Heritage um, edition. Eunice, a speedy, attractive dog, showed a lot of enthusiasm, vitality, and range. This could be the start of a new trend. Long leave Pat and blah, 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 blah. So, sounds like she was a dog to roll with. So, so the first time I saw Eunice, how old was I? I, I mean, it was, it was, that, that was, you said that was in 2006, right? Yeah, so first time I saw Eunice was however long ago. It was probably a couple, it was a handful of years before that. I mean, I, well, I should say I, I didn't see her like he it was a dog that he had gotten from a friend. She was a beautiful dog. First time I saw her was down down in Monticello. We put that dog down and like never saw it like Eunice. Eunice just hauled. And part of yeah. what part of what I learned from my grandfather was um, if you want a dog to truly be its best, you got to understand you got to let that dog be itself. Um, yeah. and every dog's going to be different. And if you try to, again, make every dog into a specific robot, you're, you're, you're only going to allow it to be able to give you a fraction of what it could. If you, if you play into its strengths, into its individual characteristics, mm -hmm. uh, into its skill sets and Eunice. So 
And I just, he like, he, he had so much joy in putting a young dog down and just watching it be itself. And so yeah. I never saw Eunice. First of all, she was like, she was that red color. And down there, as you know, like, you know, it can, it can get lost in the tall grass. And she just flew. And I was like, how, how the hell is this dog going to point a covey, a quail, when it's running at 75 miles an hour nonstop? But, yeah, just, you know, you get a dog a certain, a certain amount of contacts and you give it the mm -hmm. right type of guidance and it's going to figure it out. And Eunice turned into just a rock star. And again, like she, she would just, she, she would fly out there and was amazing. And then we'd come home, we'd have dinner and then I'd curl up and cuddle with, cuddle with her on the floor. Right. Like that's the relationship I had with her. The other, and the other thing that I'll mention about Eunice is it was one of her puppies that ended up out in Montana with the guy I worked for that I guide with every day. Um, her name was, her name was Abby and she had the exact same thing. So Abby, Abby would be out there in Montana and she'd go on a, she'd go on a three hour hunt that morning. This guy, this guy, Brandon would take her on a three hour hunt. She'd go on a three hour hunt. And when she was young, you know, usually a three hour hunt, that dog's, that, that dog's in the dog box after the hunt. It's, it's happy. It's not moving until maybe it gets up and you give it dinner at night. Right. Abby would go on a three mile hunt or sorry, a three hour hunt. It was, I, I can't even imagine how many miles she covered out there. Then she'd probably get down to a quick hunt in the afternoon. And then we'd get back to the lodge. We'd let everybody out. You'd let the dogs out. The dogs usually like pop out of the dog box. You know, they kind of walk around a little gingerly. Then they go curl up somewhere. Abby would get out and she'd run nonstop around the perimeter of the lodge. It was however many acres. And she just knew, never stopped. And the whole day she'd have like two sips of water. But this like this dog was Eunice's puppy in the way that like they just lived to be out there and run and go and find birds. And if they were going to be awake, they were going to be out there finding birds. And it you, it was impossible. Like her motor never stopped. It was pretty wild. And so I, I'm going to have to bug you then. I have a red setter in my future. Oh, you do? I have, I, I, I gotta have one, man. Um, they're, they're, I, cool. they're cool dogs. Dude, I gotta, I, I got a setter coming, a, an English setter coming out of Wisconsin, um, Alder Fort English setter. Whenever, whenever his, this, this one specific, uh, female that he has Z, um, I'm waiting on her to come in and I want to get a pup there, but like, I got to, got to, got to have me a red setter, man. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to consult with you. Uh, well, and, and find where to go. Yeah. And I, I don't know a ton about them other than Eunice and Eunice's puppies, which, which, which are amazing, <laughs> but I, we, yeah, we can definitely point you in the right direction. They're, 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 they're cool dogs. Uh, and they, and again, I, I know a limited number of them, but Eunice, Abby, I mean, they were bird finding machines. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna spin this now because you are you are the president of the Orvis company, which is so funny to 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 think about some of your you know some of the things the project that you're working on and and just a, what you're bringing to the table and 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 creatively I'm inspired by it because I love all your films. Um, and so you've got this creative savvy that goes on, but then you've got this, this, you know, business savvy that Reed not speak, you know, speak about uh, as far as you like, what part of that would you attribute to your grandfather? Mm. Yeah. 
No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thoughtful question and one that um, I enjoy thinking about, and I probably don't think about enough. Um, but it's, it's good to think about, you know, I would say, um, I would say that, you know, in addition to out, in addition to his love of outdoor pursuits, fishing, hunting, conservation, his love of great product, you know, one thing I saw in him that again, you know, we're, we're all, we all get to, you know, early in life, we all get to witness um, certain people that are great and certain things around us. And you just, you, you kind of hold on to that. And, you know, so in addition to those things, I saw him, I just saw him so passionate and interested in sharing and education, you know, making, making, making this, this, making this world accessible. Um, and, 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 and truly, truly listening to people, truly listening to, to the customer. Um, and I saw him, just his, his firm belief that um, those things are critical to a successful brand and business. Um, and he loved bringing more people into, into this lifestyle that he thought was, was so meaningful. Um, uh, and I think that I think that I think watching that and trying to trying to listen and observe, um, I think that really shaped my core beliefs, um, both on a personal level, but also also when it came to to the Orvis brand and the business. You know, our our vision right now is to our vision at Orvis is to inspire the world to love adventure and wonder in nature. Um, we do that through great products and experiences that live at the heart of these activities um, that we're so passionate about. But I think, I think what I've come to really believe in is that when you are passionate about something, you get really, really close to it. And when you're really close to something for a long time, um, you just, it, it's impossible not to develop blind spots. Like that's, that's what can happen. Right. And so so this passion that I think my grandfather really instilled in, in me and also sort of the, the core values of the company is this, this passion for listening to the customers and the community surrounding our sport, listening to the industry, you know, all those things that, that allows us to address these blind spots and compels us to be thinking about how to reimagine the community and make pathways into the sport easier, right? And so, and so it goes back to, if, you know, thinking about my grandfather, one of the first things he did after purchasing Orvis when it was a tiny company back in the 1960s, one of the first things he did was he started the fishing schools that eventually led to the hunting schools, right? That The first thing he did, did was, okay, this, this whole thing needs to be easy for people to be able to get a taste of, to enjoy, and we can't just be relying on people to be born into this. Like we, this should be something that we should share. And, um, and, and that, that legacy, I think has really evolved into, you know, um, several decades ago when we started offering free classes in our, in our retail stores, um, for people. And, and we obviously have a whole school and curriculum and, and, you know, that eventually evolved into the digital space where we have all this how-to content and learning centers and um, guide to fishing and guide to hunting and guide to dogs. Um, and then, you know, again, it's, 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 I think I, I, it, it's that, it's, it's that legacy that for me really inspired stuff like um, 
the Breaking Barriers Award that we established in 2015, which again is about rethinking this community. Like how do we, what, what, what role can we, can we play that, that allows this to, and I struggle with the word accessible sometimes because it's not ours to own, but what role can we play in like rethinking the community and the pathways into it? What barriers can we be, can we be aware of, you know, that, that we can be thoughtful about or, or our, our 50 50 on the water campaign, which was focused on gender parity and fly fishing. Um, and I think that, I think it's led to, it's just led to this really, in my mind, something that I'm proud of with the company. And again, we're far from perfect. We, we, we mess up all the time. We should have, there's some, all the, there's tons of this stuff that we should have been doing a long time ago, but, um, it makes us just like truly stop and listen and, and explore our blind spots and, and thinking about the sport and the communities and accessibility and, 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 you know, and recent work that we've been doing as far as, um, black indigenous people of color, like, you know, again, we should have arrived at it earlier, but we're here now. And this journey, I think how we show up is, is it, it's, it's all kind of born out of that, that, that curiosity, that openness, not being, loving the journey, knowing there's always stuff to learn, knowing that there are always going to be blind spots, not being afraid of uncomfortable conversations like that. I think that's, that's just, that's something that um, is really important to me that um, has been born out of these things that um, I attribute back to people that came before me that shaped me, my grandfather, my dad, my uncle, um, others. And so that's, um, that's, that's, that's one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently. So it's, it's all right. So you hit like, <laughs> you hit like sorry, 10 I, things. I went on oh, way. Yeah, good. that was way too, that was way too much. I'm sorry. That was perfect, man, because you, you're, you are, you're leading me up to the point that I wanted to make about Jay-Z and, and how, like, when the conversation came up, like, there's so many parallels. 985 million acres of public land and 9,568 unique hunting units. Onyx is the trusted mapping system for millions of hunters nationwide. And I look forward to showing that down here in the South with the film that we have coming up land limited that is in post-production right now i actually just got a um a, a text from my buddy jacob lishan um you know telling me that the film is 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 getting in the final leg of the rough cut so i'll be able to give you guys some more updates on that so you know guys just go check out onyx maps if you are not subscribed i would hope you're subscribed by now but if you are not Go get yourself 20% off of your subscription with my promo code GDN20 for a 20% off discount at checkout. And then I want to just reinforce guys with Yukonuba, you know, just as much as we want to keep our dogs fueled up, I want you guys to think carefully about training this summer. Think about heat stress, all right? And and just be mindful that you're keeping your dogs hydrated during the summer. Um, you're training early um, or you're training later in the day. Um, you're feeding your dog adequately, but not overfeeding them because that'll hurt them too in the heat. So, you know, just keep your dogs fueled up in the right way this summer um, by feeding your dog, Yukonuba Sporting Dog. I use the Premium Performance 3020 um, and so do so many other people too. I mean, at this point, you kind of see it everywhere. But yeah, man, check out uh, Yukonuba Sporting Dog. 
Dogs.com and be mindful of your dog's temperatures during the summer. All right, guys. Um, my next thing, my AYA, I'm going to just tell you, man, um, as I've gone through, like I said, these last few projects and things like that, I've had this real pretty gun uh, here and have gotten quite a few compliments on it. <laughs> I've, I've had it out, you know, during during some of the, the filmings and, and Project Upland stuff that's coming out. And, you know, obviously they were a sponsor of my film that's coming up. Um, but I got the gun, it's fitted to me perfectly. And I, it's, I mean, it's really literally a dream gun. And so from that, I pretty much sworn to shooting 410s um, for pretty much any kind of my, any kind of wing shooting that makes sense for it, obviously. But that's what I'm doing down here in the South specifically. Um, anything other than duck hunting and I'll shoot my 20 gauge. But, um, my biggest thing is guys this AYA is enough to make you literally like be a 410 converter and I know my buddy Charlie Jordan at Missing Sucks um, check them out too missingsucks.com but I know Charlie would be proud of that statement matter of fact I know he is proud of that statement because we had that whole conversation and he was also thrilled that I'm carrying an AYA uh, side by side an AYA uh, number four 53 i think that's the number yep so check them out at ayadashfineguns.com again thank you and that was that was something that when what you just said is it i think companies like orvis like it with the scale and the impact that you guys have I think it means so much for, you know, for the industry, for the, the hunting and fishing industry to see that you guys are just as invested in, you know, diversity measures and equity and inclusion. Like that matters. You see what I'm saying? And and the dope part about it was you made a decision early on. It, and no, it's not about what was going on in the past. For me, it's like, okay, we're here and y'all showed up to play. You see what I'm saying? Like, there were there there's there's always the frequent conversation of how do we increase representation and and i've had that conversation with, with now with you with re with 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 um you know folks at orvis person like it's a thing that i really appreciate that you guys care about you know well, yeah, and it's and, a company yeah and i think one thing we're lucky about is we have um we have really really smart thoughtful people who I think trust us because they trust how we're going to show up and they, they know, they know we make mistakes all the time, but people who are really thoughtful in this space. And I think they, I think, I think they know that we're really committed to, to listening and not afraid to have the uncomfortable conversations. And again, it comes back to like blind spots and being curious and truly stopping and listening. If you stop and you listen and you truly listen, cause it's, that's easier said than done, right? It's, it's hard work to listen. It's a lot more convenient to just sit here and come up with convenient answers that that work well for us, right? But if you stop and truly listen, there's there there are groups of people out there that that love this that don't really feel like and they they don't really feel like they've had 
much of a voice that others have been interested in, right? The, 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 the people who control, who, who, who are in a, in a position of privilege to, to control and influence all this, like they feel like they haven't been really inter in, interested in their voice. And so it's easy to say, oh, well, look at the demographics, right? Um, but at the end of the day, no, if you stop, like th then you're always reacting, right? If you actually stop and listen and you understand, okay, no, what, what, what's going on? What are people truly trying to say? Why is it like that? And then, and then if you listen to them, like the answers are out there. Like we're, this isn't us figuring this stuff out. We're not in, we don't have the, we don't have the expertise to figure this out, but if we're good listeners, like the answers are out there and we can understand what role we can play. We can understand the journey that we need to be on and we can understand where and how we can be sidekicks for people like you or others out there that are doing really cool transformative stuff. Um, and so that's, that's a, that's been, it's been really, really meaningful to be on that journey. And we are early on, I just need to be really clear. We are early on in our journey. We got a long, long way to go. Yeah, yeah. So look, watch this. This is what I'm gonna do. Watch okay. watch how this works. All right, I'm ready. You've got, you've got these things that you're talking about, right? As far as what you're trying to accomplish as a company um, for the betterment of, of everybody in the industry, right? You're, you're you are the president of, of an incredibly monumental company. Let's talk about Rockefeller Records. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. You see, you see how this is going now, right? Yeah, but so um, then, but you're but I, but I'm I mean this this we're we're get, we're way out of hand here. I mean, <laughs> wait, this is this, we got we we got to we got to this is it's gonna be. I mean, I I I, I love where this is this is going. But, I mean, I. <laughs> And I, I, I wish it was easy. I, I, he's, you know, when we talk about Jay-Z, we're talking, it's just, it's such a fascinating person, right? And I'm, I'm really excited to hear your point of view. Um, you know, cause I also want to, I also want to just have fun acknowledging that, like, okay, <laughs> what, what's going on? Let's just, let's name what's going on here. We got a, you got a white boy who spent the majority of his life in Vermont and Montana you know, the idea of on paper of me giving hot takes about Jay-Z is about as offensive as it can probably get. But it is, um, it is I've ever experienced. On podcast. But he's he's an he's just he's an amazing. I just, you know, his story and his skill set are just two things that have really I've just found captivating for for been captivated for by him for for really for a really long time. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I see a lot of parallels between what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like striking, you guys obviously have strikingly polar, you know, opposite backgrounds, but, you know, Jay-Z is an educator and he is increasing access, much like what you just said, in that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you with a quote. He was like, I'm trying to get y'all a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. This is in that 444 album, Yeah. right? And in his music, in, in his own very Jay-Z kind of way, he's here to, he's, he's literally trying to educate the community. And he's telling you like, look, this is, this is the way out of whatever it is that you were trying to do. And what he's good about is, is recognizing these opportunity areas. Like Reed and I were talking, um, we're talking about you and, you know, obviously we've been talking about you for a minute, but he, Reed even mentioned that like, you know how to find like 
the opportunity areas and 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 use that to propel things forward where Jay-Z has a keen knack for that. And and I'm curious like first of all I want to get into your thoughts and understanding of Jay-Z, but I also want to kind of figure out what part of him is inspiring you? Like yeah. where is that drive coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll 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 give you I'll give you my thoughts that are looking through like my limited lens and obviously interested in, in yours. Um, okay. But, you know, I think I'll, I'll speak for a second about my relationship with, with Jay-Z, you know, again, like I said, his, his, I think the two things for me that are really interesting about him are his story and his skill set, both of which are, are unbelievable. Um, you know, his story is fascinating and just has so much depth and it really it really comes through in his music you know his 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 work ethic his intelligence his perseverance his strengths his flaws his struggles his ambition i mean you know starting out in marcy projects in brooklyn and again i want to be really clear i'm i i'm the last thing i want to position myself as is a jay-z expert uh, but i am someone who has enjoyed learning about him, right? And, and, and watching and studying his story. And so, you know, you, you have someone who started out in Marcy Projects in Brooklyn, developed as an artist, doing battles in the projects, developing into a young entrepreneur, the hustle he became wrapped up in, learning how to understand the game and what is needed to find your way through it and be successful. And how all that has really translated to his, I mean, insane success as a businessman and also as uh, uh, success as far as, as, as culture. Right. So, and I've, I've touched on, I mean, the amount of, I, you know, reading his book decoded reading other, I mean, I, I, I it's, 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 is completely unfair to try to sum Jay-Z up in 20 seconds, but that, that, was, that <laughs> was my attempt at it. But like, there's so many layers to his story. What he's accomplished is, 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 is really, really incredible. And then his, that's, and again, we could go into stories, story for days, but his art, then, then, then you look at just from an art, art standpoint, his art and his skill set is just insane. I mean, there, there's so much in his life that's influenced his work and like, there's so much depth to his work because of it. But technically, I mean, he's just on like, he's on another level and it's really fun to, to listen to others who you respect, talk about Jay, like listening to others who are truly great talk about him is really, really cool. And, you know, whether it's how he owned rap battles from day one and, and, mm -hmm. you know, and Marcy or, or producers telling stories about how he would come in and just start flowing and lay down a track in one take. He'd never write anything down, never wrote anything down and, or they, and, and they never seen anything like it before. You know, I, you, you know, the, he, I think it was on his blueprint album. I think he came in and I think it was, he, 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 I think it was nine tracks he recorded in a weekend. Like, like, did you, you listen? What, what was it? I was saying, yeah, in a weekend. In a weekend. And like, and so what's fun is like just listening to these producers talking about like, they're just like, no, this is, this is, this is, you don't see this. This is next level. And, and, and so, so there's the way he flows is incredible. But, you know, I think as far as the art itself, my favorite albums are the ones that like that stick with me. They're the ones that get better with time. Like I might not even be that wild about them the first time I listen to them, 
But after the mm-hmm. 20th time through, I'm completely fascinated. Like every time I listen to them, I get more ri- riveted and, and into them. And, and, and they just have, they just have this depth that, that they have so much depth that I'm not aware of it. The first five, six times I, I listened to the album. And that's what, that's what Jay-Z's albums were like for me. I, I, I went, you know, it, it, I went and, and intentionally bought all of his CDs so I could listen to them on compact disc and I get them and I go straight to my car and I drive around and I listen to them all the way through. I love, he, I think he wrote like, uh, it, it was part of the booklet for the black album. I think he wrote about like how, like, that's, that's how, that's how he thinks is one you know, when you get an album, you just got to sit with it and you got to listen to it. Um, and, uh, and that's just, that was for me, that was like the, the start of a journey. That was the start of a journey that led to a specific relationship with that album that just strengthened over time. And you, you know, I know, I know you like kingdom come. I know you like other albums. Kingdom comes a great example for me. Like, the first five times I listened to through Kingdom Come, I didn't have that strong relationship with it. Now that I've listened through it like hundred times, like I, I, it, it is, it is, it's amazing. Anyway, that's I've I've gone on long enough. Like you, I, I want to. You, I'd love to love to hear your thoughts on it. So I, I honestly, I feel like, and I, and I'm, and I'm, I guess I'm not a Jay, I'm not an Jay Z expert, and and honestly. I am a truly Southern trap music fan. Like that's, but come like, and so coming from down here, my relationship with it is like when Atlanta hit the, the, the rap scene back when Andre 3000 and them were doing stuff like big boy, goody mob, like all those guys, right. That that was my childhood and seeing TI and all of them come up. Like Jay-Z was forming relationships with the guys down here that I respected, you know what I'm saying? And I saw that and I was like, dang, like this dude is smart. Like he's reaching across the aisle because Atlanta was not respected for a long time in the well, but and you, you see that early on, right? Like, yeah, sure. He had like beefs here and there, like everybody did in the hip hop world, but he, he quickly, he kind of transcended those faster than others to your point. Like he was on like a, he was on like a, he had like a different mission. It almost felt like. Yeah. It, it, and he is, and that's what I say. He's really, to me, transcended culture because, or, or transcended in in the way that like a disciple then becomes a guru. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think about Jay Z in that form, but also like for me, man, is is so funny. You you mentioned how much I I work and do the like podcast stuff and dogs and all kind. I'm always going well. I'm listening to Jay-Z as I'm doing it because it's it's to me the messaging is what keeps me able to to you know to keep producing to keep being you know to keep my interest and drive high you know oh, man, and and you talk about you talk about I mean if you study Jay-Z yeah. like you're you're going to develop a work ethic cuz man that he he I mean so many of them do it he he worked he worked hard I mean it's mm-hmm. his story is just amazing and it, and and it's it's working and it's strategic working the projects that he's doing the the things that he's talking about they're always he's playing chess with culture to me you know what i'm saying like he's always two two or three moves ahead like you know as an artist as a visual artist like i'm a painter I love the fact that we finally had a rapper that started talking about, you know, fine art, you know, and, and, yeah. and purchase like that was dope because nobody was doing that at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and 
him being like, yo, like, and as much as I like Rolls Royce, I would love to have one. Sure. That, that, that sure. But Jay-Z's like, no, I'm why buy a Rolls Royce? Like that's not smart for my money like that. You know what I'm saying? Like communicating a different message. And I see so much of that in, in the way that he approaches things and how I honestly want to approach things well, and, and build yeah, my project. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. And again, if you were, if Jay-Z were listening to it, he'd probably be like, well, <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? But, but it's, but you know, when you, when you've accomplished what he's accomplished, it, I mean, it has to have like the the intention that the the intention with which he approaches life and opportunities is just, I mean, it, the 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 purpose, the intention, and you have to be strategic. Yeah, I mean, he can't he 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 doesn't he doesn't even come close to a fraction of his journey if he's not doing all those things you're you're talking about. Um, he's always been. He's al- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say one. I was just gonna add one more thing that he's done that I I, I really respect. He is a grown ass man that made a huge mistake and said, "I'm sorry," in public. Yeah, and he's you know it's interesting. He's um. You don't get a lot of that in that world because you know I I think. And again, I'm I'm way out of my, way out of my wheelhouse talking about this, but you know the 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 you had a lot of these hip-hop artists represented um you know black men trying to trying to make their way up in a in a world that was just full of barriers and barriers is putting it lightly i mean that's 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 an offensive word to use you know to describe what i'm trying to describe but like you know you have to have armor you have to have you have to have confidence. You have to have ego, like to, 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 to make it the way they have, like, you have to have all those things. And, you know, now that he's 51, I'm like, like many of us, as we age in life, like you, you've become more comfortable being vulnerable, right? You can, you, you, you think about higher purpose stuff. And he was doing that. He was doing that early on, but, um, but no, it's just, it's, it's like his, his journey is just a fascinating, fascinating one to, to, to study and to, to watch unfold. And it's, yeah, it's really interesting. So let me ask you this. So, all right. The original conversation, actually, no, I want to ask you something. Cause Eric Taub, he was, he was very shocked at the depth of knowledge that you have at Jay-Z. Well, of, Not course, school he, of course he was shocked. <laughs> yeah. Of, I mean, of course he was shocked, right? I'm like, I've, I've a guy that has lived in Vermont and Montana my entire life. And all I've done is fish and hunt it. Like, I don't, right. So yeah, I probably caught him off guard, but again, like for me, I mean, it kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, which is this whole idea of being curious and, and discovering stuff. That's just really fascinating. And it's just, you know, it's a unique story and you just, you get to scratch the surface. And then, you know, it was, um, it was reading books on him. It was listening to all the albums. It was listening to people talk about the albums. It was, there's just, I mean, everybody has a story. And if you have the time to really de- dive in and listen, then you're going to be able to capture some of that. And like I said, I only know a fraction of it, but, um, but yeah, no, we were on a drive. We had like a long drive somewhere and I think, and, and he, you know, he was, he was DJing in the car and, and a song popped up and I think we were talking about what was behind that song and he was interested in the topic and I was interested in the topic and four hours later we were still talking about it you know 
<laughs> That's cool, man. I uh, I just I thought that was funny because we were <laughs> all right. So what what, what I'm not going to do is waste your time on a podcast and and give you my thoughts on Kanye West because I'm a big Kanye fan despite his. Oh, I'm rules. no, I I've heard what you think of Kanye, and I think you and I I'm I'm he's he isn't he's an he's an interesting. I mean, it's easy to write Kanye off if you don't know much about him. He's a he is an interesting individual. We probably need to have a whole nother con- podcast on Hold him, up. but he's he's <laughs> he's fascinating. You listen to people like Jay Z or others talk about him, especially early on, and the creativity that he had and how what he was bringing to it. And then you talk about someone whose dad was a former Black Panther and mom was the dean of of what was it? It was a university in Chicago, like yeah, and, yeah. and put him in art, all that stuff. Like he's. He has got his own, despite everything, because I, I, I'm 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 really disappointed in him right now. But I'm never disappointed in the music. No, and <laughs> I think it was in it was in um, Fade to Black, like Jay Z's documentary about the Black album, where he said, "Hey, no one's having as much fun or approaching this game with as much creativity as as Kanye." And he's he's probably the most talented person in in the game. Anyway. Like, like you said, we, it's probably, we could, this is probably a, a whole nother podcast, but he's, he's, he's way more fascinating. It's easy to write him off and he makes, I don't, I'm not trying to judge, but um, he, he can make it sometimes easy to just kind of pigeonhole him. But there's a really interesting, fascinating, complex story there. There, there's a lot there. And, and so during that dinner at Purcell Farms, we got to talking about it and what it really came down to was the total package right? Like the, the entire total package. And, and so I was like, am I going to ask Simon about who's better artist, Jay-Z or Kanye? No, I'm not going to do that. What I really want to know is creatively now, Beyonce or Jay-Z? <laughs> That's where I, that I think Beyonce, when we're talking about a total package, that there is, is the, 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 the merger between two incredibly great minds well business and creatively yeah and and we can we can bring my wife in here and she'll have a strong point of view to to offer as well i beyonce is beyonce again i just if you take the time to look into these people's stories yeah it they're they're amazing um yeah you know you talk about what she's accomplished and i'm 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 much less, I mean, I'm not an expert on Jay-Z. I'm much less of an expert on Beyonce. But you look at like, you look at what some look, you look at what she stands for um, and what her story stands for, femininity, black femininity, like the the way the 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 role she's playing in like the evolution of this world in so many positive ways and what she means for people, what she represents, and how she goes goes about with with Mm -hmm. with intention oh yeah and then factor in like the 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 artistic ability which is insane she's she's and you you don't you don't f with beyonce (laughs) you don't man I, i for me it's it's interesting to think like if they had to go head to head like if i had to put jay not not that they would ever be this way but like Say, for instance, the Carter's album. Like, 
that album rode from like I, I'm I just got done playing it yesterday. Matter of fact, I and I've been playing it since it came out to see both of them come together on that project. I'm like, huh, okay, yeah. So but we we. But what's fun about it too, and I think this represents like again, I I I, I need to I need to be careful because I'm not I'm not an expert here, and I don't want to come across that way. But like, what's amazing about Beyonce is like is i mean she's not going to back down right and you take someone who who's a force like jay-z i mean it's pretty it's pretty easy to be intimidated and you know gender power struggle stuff like that beyonce is not backing down and when you have someone like that i mean it's and and you have two people like that that it's just it's it's it it's a really really fascinating couple i mean blue blue ivy's gonna like kind of like she's she's gonna she's gonna run this world she's gonna (laughs) she is going to 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 be immersed in that all the time biomatrix supplements biomatrix products optimize health to promote healthy inflammatory response provide immune uh neurological and cardiovascular support uh, support muscle and joint function along with a host of other benefits and the size that I have actually the, the, the size bottle that I have um, it's not the, the I have to figure it out but it goes a long way is what I'm trying to say it doesn't really take a lot um, and I've noticed you know with all of my dogs their, their coats look wonderful um, they're always energized Um, and I really just don't go through that much of it. And it is a wonderful addition to, you know, what I'm already feeding them. You can do a sporting dog premium performance. So check out, uh, biomatrix supplements. You can visit them at biomatrix, uh, hyphen supplements.com for naturally inspired veterinary therapy. You can use my promo code gun dog 10, uh, one zero at checkout and and get yourself 10% off that discount in check out dakota 283 kennels folks um and make sure you guys when you do go get you a g3 series kennel and uh use my promo code tgdn104 uh 10% off a uh, dakota 283 product check out there and uh my last thing with garmin guys like i said i'm i'm, I'm still learning this 200i and i will give you more on it as it comes but guys if you're looking for top-notch technology check out garmin um they are you know definitely supporters of the podcast and we are hell bent on using (laughs) garmin products um because i love it so check them out you know garmin fishing hunt and uh you know as always guys make sure you go to projectupland.com and subscribe to the magazines as project upland magazine and hunting dog confidential and uh you know that's all guys i i hope y'all are enjoying this episode so let's get back to rocking and rolling with simon we talk about understanding people's story and like Beyonce's incredibly powerful story. You've got Jay-Z's story. That, again, we're talking about legacy. We're talking about all of these different things that you've got going on in the practice of business and, like I said, creatively. It's very evident that you are like, 
you you have a knack for amplifying voices. And I'll say that, you know, you setting up the opportunity for me to do the catalog, you know, you you having a special hand in that. But then I go to your films. And that last film that you put out, A Reason to Fish, like the idea of giving voice to something was very prevalent in that. And I loved it. Like it was, it was, you know, you've got this incredibly powerful story of a guy and, and coming out of old school Cuba, you know what I'm saying? was a political prisoner. You've got all of this stuff and, and it goes back to fishing. Let's talk about that project, man. Um, well, I, I, I love stories. I love being curious. I love stories, right? My, my, there are probably a lot of people that be, um, surprised to hear that my major in college was English and American literature with a focus in creative writing. Like I just, I love stories. Um, and, uh, and so I, I love, I love trying to tell stories. I love people that tell great stories. It's really, really hard to do. Um, especially starting out, all my stories were crap, but you, you, you look at the people that were doing it really well. And it's just, it's impossible not to like want to learn and get better and go on that journey. Right. So, so I, I love, I love trying to tell a story in a way that, um, represents it authentically and, um, and makes people feel things that they're, that they might feel in person if they're immersed in that story. So, so what's specific about that film, um, is I was actually, actually out at Telluride Mountain Film, which is a film festival out there. And, and there was, um, what was a hot, this was a handful of years ago. And there was a lot of really thoughtful conversation around representation in the outdoors and just listening to it, you know, they, they, they were, you know, they were panelists and, um, really thoughtful people who were saying we're, we're challenging filmmakers like you got it's you're the storyteller you have the power to tell the stories they, they, um there is not proper representation certain communities in the outdoor space and that needs to representation is powerful and, and you tell stories and that was you know it was, it was a good challenge so i said well shit like I, I this is this is a pretty formidable powerful challenge and i might mess it up and I might be crap, but what the, but I should at least try. Right. And so, and at the time I'd also started building a relationship with face and Tra faith and Tracy from Brown folks fishing and they're great storytellers um, and film producers. And anyway, I was like, okay, I want to do who, 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 what, what story, there's so many stories out there, which one should I tell? And I had, I had grown, I had built a relationship with Dan Diaz, the, the, the guy in that story over years, um, uh, and, you know, had shown up, I, you know, whenever I'd fly through Miami, I'd try to take an extra night and he'd pick me up and we'd spend all night under the pillars fishing for tarpon in the middle of Miami. So he was just a fascinating guy. And I knew there was the, the, the really interesting sort of visual background of catching tarpon in the middle of Miami at night out of a canoe. And then I knew, yeah. I knew there's always more depth to a story. And if you go and you can ask the right questions, you're going to find really interesting stuff. So I was like, okay, I want to go. I want to, tell Dan's story, but I don't want to tell Dan's story. I want to tell the story that Dan wants to tell. So um, I want to, I, the, you know, I remember talking, it was either Tracy or Faith, it was probably both of them. And I said, okay, how do I do this the right way as a, as a white filmmaker? How do I, and I, I want to, I really want to commit to this 
this opportunity of, of, of telling stories in the right way, like, how do I not mess this up? Because <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to mess it up. How do I not mess it up really, really badly? And they said, well, first you need to, it's not, it's, it's who are you telling the story for and, and what's the motivation around that? And at the end of the day, if you start with what story does he want told that's genuine and authentic to him, that's, that's, that's the way to go about it. So it was really getting in there, asking him that question. And my job was just to try to ask the right questions to pull out what was the story that's really meaningful hit to him, that's true to him. Not the story that I necessarily thought was most compelling, not the story that the audience members in these film festivals necessarily wanted to hear, but what was, how could I, how could I really try to commit to bringing, understanding his story, hearing it, and then letting it kind of come through so the, the audience could directly connect it with them. And I worked on it with a friend, uh, Henry Miles, and that was our goal going into it. And, um, and that, so that's kind of, that's, that's the story behind where it, where, how it came about. Okay. Okay, man. I, I just thought it was incredibly like impactful. And you said something a second ago that, that really resonates with me and it's, it's about representation. Again, we're going back to that, um, topic for a second. So I, and I wanted to have this conversation with you because of your role with Orvis and, and, and I'm going to make a parallel a lot of the time, but you know, as I was, you know, doing some research on you and, and studying, developing these questions, I was asking Reed, I said, well, tell me something about Simon that you think is kind of also interesting. And Reed is like, you know what? He likes Nike Air Max nineties. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Man, and he, it was he, so he, he, he gave you, he gave you all the dirt, huh? He gave me all the dirt. And I was like, huh? All right, and, and it's so funny because I have this weird quirk about Air Max 90s, right? Like, I, I'm just one of the people that feels like I, they don't look, not Air Max 90s, but Air Maxes. I feel like they look the best with the laces untied. So anyway, I have this weird relationship with that shoe. So I was like, all right, well, uh, me being me, I'm like, well, what is what can I do with that piece of information? Okay. <laughs> most random fact in the world but you know I'm, I'm talking about this podcast and i'm like all right well what can i do with that and i look and i think about nike and, and like what my relationship has been with what I, I i how i view the company you know over the years and and it's like for me nike put in place like a lot of athletes that really are the face of the culture, you know, for whatever sport that may be. And particularly um, like with the Jordan brand, like when I think of representation, Nike was a pop has always been a popular shoe, but I think the Jordan brand for like little black kids is, is almost as is, it's an aspirational thing. And I think oh, yeah. that has been very cognizant of, of, the placement of, you know, representatives and skilled rep representatives, not just having anybody, but yeah. having someone truly going to be a game changer and represents some kind of higher value. So when I think about that and I, and I pull all of that together, I was like, well, Simon is kind of doing that with Orvis like, huh? Because of the way that you're representing people, first of all, you're letting them control their own narrative. And again, I'm speaking selfishly about, you know, me in this catalog project. That's something that Ashley and I talk about all the time is I want to work with companies that are going to not only represent me or anybody else, you know, whoever it is that they're working with, 
particularly me, I want to work with companies that are going to allow me to tell the right narrative and be represented in a way that, again, to compare like the same way Nike would have represented Jordan, like it was authentic. It it made kids want to want to do that thing. And so Ashley and I were talking and she was like, Darrell, like, you know, this catalog, she was like with the way and I'm, I'm doing a lot of hyping myself up. But with this catalog, she was like, you know, some kid could see you in this and, and a totally random like opportunity in this Orvis catalog that lives in the middle of the city of Atlanta would have never thought anything about bird dogs, would have not known anything about Orvis or, or the great things that you guys are doing and just on a humbug, pick that catalog up and said, dang, I can do that. Represent representation is huge. And I'm still on my journey of like truly understanding the power of representation, but I go back to, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I mean, that's how you got into this game, right? You, what it, did, am I getting this wrong? Like you, you saw a painting and you saw, was it, was it, am I right? Like you, you, you were like, well, what's here's, here's a world of dogs and white people and what the hell are they doing and what's going on. And then, and then you saw, and then it was, it was, it was, what you, I think I got this right. Like you saw like a, a who was it? So it was, it was, it was a couple of things. So I was in Albany. So I would see all of this like bird dog artwork and stuff like that. As far as painting, I'm, I'm an art major and yeah. that's just, you know, you know what it's like down there. It's just kind of everywhere. Yeah. And then I ended up going into Publix, kind of like the catalog. I went into a Publix and I like garden and gun magazine. So I was yeah. just kind of flipping through and yeah. saw, you know, Curtis in them. And I was like, again, dang, I want to do that. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I want to be like, you know, um, and I think just with the power that Orvis has, like literally like y'all are major, 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 I think y'all are the major industry stake, you know, industry, you know, authority and to be able to, to represent, you know, everyone, whether it be in your stories or through the marketing campaigns or anything like that. You're, you guys are very cognizant of telling extremely powerful stories, yeah, and I appreciate. Yeah, but let's, let's. I don't mean to interrupt, but like, and again, I, I fear I might have gotten this wrong, but wasn't there, wasn't there a photo or a painting of a president? Um, yeah, yep. something, and then, and then, and you didn't, didn't, you didn't, didn't you see like a black man in that painting or some picture photo, and you're like, wait a minute, and then, and then, you know, like. And then that launched you on your journey. Like, what is this? I want to understand this more. And so it's just, it. I bring it up because did I get that right? Yeah. So that one, you, I, yes, that was right. So that photo, it was, I think it was Eisenhower and it, it was yeah. a black yeah. dude holding a letter yes. and his name was Rupert. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So like, this is a perfect case study, right? That, that it, listening to you talk about that, like, that launched you on this. Well, I want to on this journey of I want to know more about that. And all of a sudden, you now that's that 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 one example of representation yep. triggered something in you that was really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Unleashed this thing that now has turned into something that's going to like do the same same thing for so many. I mean, the the I didn't realize this until until more recently in life, but the the power of rep representation is 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 a big 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 deal when people can see themselves in others 
and know that there is space to 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 go do what they want to do and that there's it's just it's it is it's a powerful thing and it can it can i mean it can change it can it can change these little funny worlds that we operate in you know it can and it will yeah um i just <sighs> ashley and i are are incredibly indebted to you know the orvis company is because again you guys from day one were absolutely concerned with giving voice like that is a thing for me is giving voice and 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 i keep bringing it up because i feel like again and i'll say it a hundred times i feel like it is it is a huge responsibility for large companies to step up especially now and well, do it authentically that so you, you keep you keep using that word that's really important it has to be authentic right and and you have to be the, the you have and everyone uses that word it gets overused and it's pretty dangerous how much it gets overused but at the end of the day if 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 a person or a company truly cares about authenticity then they're going to prioritize that above above everything else which is which is how these things can happen if we go back to nike um yeah. you know with marketing and representation like they're just for me, they've always been great at finding the people and the movements that mean the most to this world that represent certain beliefs or aspirations. And then they go and they get out in front of the competition with vision and bold plays, right? They help to tell those stories in an inspiring way. And they, they know those stories that are going to be most meaningful kind of, you know, they, they, they can kind of look out in front or they're willing to take the, 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 to think in bold, creative ways to get in front of it. So like they saw Michael's greatness. They also saw what the sports and culture world needed then and had the vision to see where things were headed and what those worlds were going to need down the road. And they saw that Jordan fit that perfectly, right? Same with Tiger, same with Serena, same with LeBron, same with Kobe, same with Ronaldo in soccer. Back in the day, it was Agassi, right? Prefontaine was their, was their original OG, right? They just, that when it comes down to like, Rep representation and marketing yes they are doing it in ways that drive their business that drive their top and bottom lines they are smart this they it's smart and it is driven by business but they know one of the ways to to most successfully drive business is to tap into what worlds and cultures really need from a belief system as far as aspirations getting out in front of that and putting real authentic stories and people that like implicitly represent that you know what i mean yes sir i i just i think it's dope man and you know to to not only see what the orvis company as at like the orvis brand what you guys are doing again for catalog for marketing and stuff and then to have the president of the company still out making your own film you see what i'm saying it's it's you're walking to walk and talking to talk. You see what I'm saying? It's it's all everybody's hands within the company is on deck as far as pursuing this initiative. And that's what I just really thought is so dope about what you guys are doing and what you're doing. Yeah, and I you think know. You know, I think that's one thing that I think I feel really fortunate to work for this company and it's in part because of the culture that's been built by people ahead of me, but they're they're I feel really lucky cuz there's so many people at this company that are really authentic people and really, really care. And that's how they show up every single day. And that's what motivates them. And that's what, um, that, that's, that's what fuels them every single day. And, and, and when you have that, when you have really good people that 
care about purpose, who are curious, who are driven, um, who, 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 who strive for empathy, for really trying to understand. Um, it's a, it's a really, really cool, powerful thing to be a part of. I, I have, I have the best job in the world, mainly in part because of what I get to be a part of, because of what the people around me kind of believe in and what they're pushing for every single day. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, look, I, 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 I don't want to hold you too long. Cause I can, I could go forever, man. But like, Really, man, I, I've got this thing that I've been doing recently on social media, and it's just like a little fun project, but it's just this little stay inspired project that I just I get up every like Monday because I hate Monday mornings. I'm just the, I'm not a morning person as is, and it usually takes me like a while to get the engine running. So I, I figured if I can start the week by doing something with my dogs, um, you know, it might be videoing or filming like just a, the most mundane thing or going out to work my dogs in the morning, something like that. And then making a little fun video about it. Just say, stay inspired, like just something simple. So I want to kind of stay in the, the realm of that, but I want that message to come from you. Like, what would you say to the community as, as a, as the leader that you are, like, what message do you have for the community or for the industry or anything? You know, what's your message? Um, for me, what makes the industry that we work in so special, and we can even keep it as narrow as upland hunting. Um, but, you know, obviously, like for orgs, it broadens into fly fishing and also the outdoor community. Um it comes back to, and I kind of sound like a broken record, so I apologize, but it comes back to, um, it comes back to this, this, this curiosity. There are so many amazing, deep, rich stories. I mean, it's, it's the same reason why, why uh, 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 fly fishing and hunting obsessed Vermont, Montana guy can, can fall in love with Jay-Z, but like you, you, there are so many stories to be found out there, right? Um, there's yeah. so much passion in this world. And when you have passion, you're going to have stories. You're going to have amazing stories. And there are a lot, there's so many people out there that have perspective and point of view and ideas and visions um, that have just built their lives around this. And, and I guess, I mean, I don't, I'm not one to be giving advice, but if, but I guess I, I just, there's, there's so much to come from finding those stories, listening, thinking creatively, not being afraid to like, again, like when you're, when you're in, when you're in the middle of these worlds that have so much tradition and legacy, sometimes they can feel stuck, but the best way to celebrate a legacy is to, is to understand how it was built in the first place and carry that forward and how it was built in the first place, whether it's people coming up with kick-ass products whether it's people thinking about how do we do this differently, like that's how traditions and legacies are born. And we need people, we need people writing the next traditions and legacies that are part of these sports that will continue for the next 160 years. And so I think the way we do that, it's so easy to, and, and it's, it's so easy to, I said this before, the, the easiest route is to just think the way you've always been thinking don't challenge yourself to ask questions. Don't challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Don't challenge yourself to embrace the fact that there are um, a lot of different ways to think about these things and a lot of different ways to do things. 
and then embrace it because they're amazing stories. And there's, there's just, there's, first off, there's incredible fun to be had, right? There's, and then there's so much, there's so much more to learn. That's the best thing about hunting and fishing is I watched my grandfather in his early nineties and he was still as passionate about learning as he must've been early, early on. Right. Um, and so, and just, I think just really positive things are going to, are going to come from that. I guess it's just, it's, it's stay curious because it's, it's work, but it's a hell of a lot of fun and like, and, and there's just, there's, there's, there's so much positive, cool things that are going to come from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's what it's all about, man. It is curiosity and making it fun. I mean, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun. Well, look at Um, how, how, Look, like, look at the journey you've been on. Like, how how long how long have you been like how how long have you been doing this? Four and a half years. Yeah, and you're and like this, you were you were obsessed. I mean that in all the positive ways, right? But like, that's like there, there's so much stuff to get lost in in such an amazing way. There's an incredible journey. We all have our own journey, but like, you're just you're a great example of if you truly want to get out there and meet people and learn and understand and be a part of it, like it's, it's, it's one, it's one of the most rewarding things you can do in life. And that's what, again, at the end of the day, like, that's what Orvis is. Like we, we help people enter in and then continue on that journey for their lives. Cause it's, it makes life better. It's I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hate on anything else, but you're not, this, this is, this is what it's all about. Hey, look, it ain't hating, man. It's the, it's the truth, man. And so you are, you are preaching the gospel. You know, and, and, and it needs to be said, um, but I mean, I could, I could go on and, and, and sing your praises for, for days, man, but I really want to say thank you. Um, really Simon for, for being on here, but for everything, man, I, I, I know you've kind of, you've seen a lot and stuff like that of kind of what I've, I've done with Orvis. And this is the first time we've actually really spoken, but I definitely don't want it to be the last. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And, um, and I just want to thank you, man. And, and, and for having a great podcast and, and really just doing all the dope stuff that you've been doing, man. I I've really had a good time on here. Well, you made me super uncomfortable by, (laughs) by putting Orvis or any of this in the same sentence as Nike or Jay-Z because they're on just entirely different levels, but no, it's fun. These are, I love being a part of these conversations. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's, it's energizing. It's 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 super fun. And yeah, we gotta we gotta do it in person. We gotta have a whole nother conversation about Kanye. We can do it chasing chasing dogs across Montana Prairie if you want to. Um, but no, it'd be it'd, it'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun. We're gonna make that happen. Um, so and, I, and I'm I'm gonna bug you and 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 bug my wife and and you know fanboy out a bit because I'm I'm gonna hunt in Montana with Simon Perkins. So. There you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's let's go make we'll go make it happen. We'll go make it happen. All while talking about Kanye. So, you know, well, anywho, let me, let me uh, sign this off real quick. All right, guys. So, you know, we're here. I hope y'all enjoyed Simon Perkins on there, man. That was a fun conversation. I never would have imagined that I would have been able to, 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 you know, to sit there and, and, and talk to 
a guy like that, as successful as, as he's been and, and, and as cool as he is, to sit there and talk about Jay-Z, um, you know, and how it inspires, you know, that's just, that's been, so there's been this uh, recent TV series or HBO Max series that, uh, you know, it's kind of been coming out in conjunction of the Space Jam uh, movie. It's called Un, it's, uh, it's called Uninterrupted. And it's just these minds, right? Like it's Jay-Z, it's, it's, it's LeBron James, it's all of these guys and they're coming together and just sharing thoughts and sharing ideas. And and honestly, I was hoping that I, I could touch on a little bit of that in this episode. So, you know, that was, that was where that was. Now, there have also been, you know, and I, I guess I want to dip into the second part of this podcast, but like, and I really feel like I haven't had much conversation, I guess, with, with, with you guys about like, I guess what's going on on this end of the podcast and, and it's been a lot of dope stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, I'll give you the updates and, and it's funny cause I'm looking at, you know, through my notes and I take them through throughout the week and things like that. And I'm just like, wow, it's been a lot of stuff going on, you know, over the last few days, but, um, not long ago, I think it was a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, I went to the Alabama Youth Field Trial Association uh, Bird Dog Seminar for Youth Field Trialers. And uh, I got a chance to meet Jamie Daniels, who's going to be up next on the podcast. Um, you know, he's all-age uh, trainer and handler on, on, on the big boy circuit. Uh, and Jamie Daniels is going to be on the podcast next week. But uh, while he was at the seminar, he was tasked with educating the kids on the importance um, of proper breeding and training, which was kind of funny listening, uh, you know, looking at, you know, a bunch of young kids, you know, get really, really, uh, you know, keyed in and glued in, you know, to these kind of conversations. Um, you know, it was always good to see, it's always good to see Tommy Rice. He was there, you know, talking about field strategy, you know, sitting with uh, Mike Tracy and who was also super cool, actually got his hat, his kennel hat right now. Uh, you know, sunny some summer hill kennels. But uh, you know, they got a chance to talk to the kids about strategy, and it was just really cool seeing them little jokers like, you know, think about, you know, different ways to cast a dog and run a dog and, and, and stuff like that. And then I got like I said, I got a chance to meet Mike Tracy, Mr. George Tracy. Um, and it was it so it was me, Tracy's uh, Buddy Smith, uh, Tommy Rice, Jamie, Dan it was all, all of us guys. Uh, if I, if I miss somebody, I, I just, I, I, it ain't intentional, but it was a lot of great dudes at a table, you know, and I, I'm just really into this idea of like round table conversations like that, or, or those style of open dialogue and, you know, just free flowing dialogue. And it was cool to be in the midst of that and it, and, and seeing these guys, talk about um you know bird dogs back in the day and some of the dogs that they had and and you know what it takes to win you know while we were there also i had a chance to meet a young man named john david who you know he didn't drink the bird dog kool-aid he's he it looks like i think he was he's either just out of high school or still in high school but you know probably a senior but um shoot man he going up north you know, with, with some pros to, to train dogs, like he's starting early, you know, it was super dope to see a young guy like that, like in it, you know, I, I really wish that that was something that I was aware of back then. Um, you know, so that was really cool to get a chance to shake his hand and I hope to get a chance to, 
if he's listening to the podcast, I hope to get a chance to run dogs with him. Um, you know, and then the other piece to it was like the the aspect of parental investment um, in addition to the kids or the child's interest in the dogs. Like, you know, kids surely will enjoy the competition and, 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 and just running a dog and see dogs do what they do. But ultimately, the parents, you know, they are the ones that are really going to invest um, in the lifestyle and the sport of bird dogs and field trialing, right? So, like, field trialing in general is just not a cheap thing to do. Having bird dogs is not a cheap thing to do. Um, and so I like the idea of doing it and bringing it in as a family. And so often, you know, do I see, you know, that type of... Uh, that that type of bond, you know, in bird dogs. I mean, I can go down to listen to Tracy's to my buddy Terry Chastain all and and, and Curtis Nim, like and, and Neil. I can go down to the list, but family is a resonant thing. And it was just cool to see, you know, dual investment, you know, at the seminar. So then so that was that was, you know, something I thought was really cool. Um that I I'd been able to get a chance to go to. If you seen it on my social media, it was a really um a really a, it, I guess inspirational and I say that a lot I'm always doing a stay inspired thing but like it really was just to see kids like that so I just want to shout out you know Chris Math and, and uh, you know everybody there you know at the Alabama Youth Field Trial Association uh, for putting that, that really cool event together um, and then I got a chance to finally see the Whaley statue of Snakefoot, you know, in, in Union Springs. Like, many times I've been to Union Springs, I finally got a chance to see the Whaley statue. So, Jesus Christ. What in the world? My dogs are barking. Hang on one second, guys. All right. <laughs> that was weird. It was, it was weird. So, uh, it's storming here. And uh, I guess they didn't too much like it, you know, thunder and lightning and stuff like that. So I had to go kind of simmer them down a little bit. But I guess now, since we're talking about a kennel full of dogs, um, I might very well be adding, uh, might very well be adding another pointer female out of, hope might might be a game warden. Um, I got two options that I'm going to go uh, pretty soon with my buddy Anthony uh, to go, go look at some dogs from Dr. Fred Corder, who is doing really well right now, and uh, you know, it's got is is putting out some really nice dogs. But so let's 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 fingers crossed for that. We'll see how that goes. So that'll that'll be two males that I got, two females, you know, plus my 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 lab, and then there might be some setter news soon, y'all. But I keep y'all updated on that too. Um, so, you know, that's that's really, you know, the other piece of it. And and I've I've kind of been kind of sort of been chopping away at some new, you know, merchandise on the Gundog Notebook website. So, you know, if you are feeling so inclined, go check out some of my logo shirts and my champion jackets and notebooks and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm gradually adding. Uh, to the store more and more and I'm actually sending the first batch of the Gundog Notebook Imperial Red Hats um, I'm sending those to the embroidery shop 
uh, tomorrow, matter of fact. So, you know, the, the pre-sale is over. Um, the first batch are going to go out to the shop, and y'all should have some new, what I would consider iconic red gun dog notebook hats in your hands, you know, in the mail pretty soon. Um, but you can check it all out at thegundognotebook.com backslash new hyphen merch. And uh, the other thing, man, I really want to say uh, it showed my support to uh, Ryan at a break in the action uh, podcast. So Ryan just attended a field trial and and, and got in, got himself on a Tennessee Walker um, and all kinds of stuff like that. But before he went, um, he reached out to me just for some thoughts, you know, what to look for, um, you know, what to expect, you know, what's actually going on, you know, more or less. And, I, you know, we got into a conversation, and y'all know me. I can talk long-winded. I like dogs and stuff like that. Well, um, he enjoyed it, and, and it, it sounds like, from the looks of it, he hit me up. He had a good time. So, anyway, um, he sent me a really nice package um, in the mail, and I have definitely made sure that the 4th of July was spent with a bottle of Four Roses um, and my breaking the action uh t-shirt on which i really like actually really like the whole the, the look and vibe of it but anyway um guys go check out a break in the action uh podcast go subscribe let them know what you think if you like fine guns uh that's gonna be the place to go and then i got a chance to run jughead at chuck duggins the other day and i'm gonna just i'm gonna end here that little joker stretched out to be about four five hundred about not four five hundred 400 he hung out between 405 and 420 most of the time <laughs> and i let him roll too uh, but it was fun and uh he he's he's learning he's a young dog um and i want him to stretch his legs so that was that guys i i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and 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 everything i've been doing uh i want to again say thank you to all of my sponsors all of my affiliates Gun Dog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt. Um, guys, go through my promo codes, the sh- you know, in the show notes and things like that. They'll be there. Um, and keep rocking with me, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode with Simon Perkins. And uh, stay tuned and, and go to minorityoutdooralliance.org.org um, and donate. We are looking to start raising money for our um you know inaugural event in on october 16th um again we're looking for volunteers and reach out to me for that um at darrell smith at minority outdoor alliance.org all right guys um i'm about to check out i hope y'all enjoyed it and i uh, catch y'all next week <laughs>